Howdy! This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, January 19th, 2024, I wish you a very, very, very happy Good Memory Day. And it's quite the fitting national holiday because, as you may recall... On my previous episode, I said, yes, indeed, it is the year 2023, and for that, I profusely apologize for my mistake. It is 2024, and at least today, we have remembered it. This is a Views from the Shop podcast. It's presented by Big Banter Sports, and of course, you should follow the pod wherever you take in your podcast on the daily. You can join us. As we root on our Ohio State Buckeyes, be a part of the First Listen Club, and make sure that you never miss any episodes or any Ohio State basketball content, because you deserve good Ohio State basketball content, not Twitter accounts throwing out fake news about Chris Holtman like his record in January, which an account did this week, and just quite simply gave incorrect stats on Chris Holtman's record in January, and of course, the sheep they will blindly follow anyone who hates on Chris Holtman. I am, of course, has been labeled a Chris Holtman apologist. I'm neither hither nor thither, but one thing I am certainly not is a liar. And if I give you stats, they're going to be correct. So make sure you follow us wherever you're getting your podcast so that you can get the best coverage out there and if not the best probably at least like second or third best which isn't really all that hard to do I supposed today we are going to cover Ohio State's first rematch of the season against Penn State we're going to talk biggest storylines we're going to revisit that wretched loss that Ohio State took to Penn State in December key matchups predictions and much more in this one. So strap in. It's not necessarily going to be a bumpy ride, but we will have to go through that Penn State loss that Ohio State suffered. And because of that, it will not necessarily be fun. But at the end of the show, I will give a prediction for this game and tell you if I think Ohio State will avenge its loss to Penn State. So stay tuned for that one. And thanks for being here. By the way, I know this time of year can be difficult as we head into Big Ten play and Ohio State is not playing well. But if you're here, it means you're committed to Ohio State basketball. It means you're committed to ensuring that you are on top of Ohio State basketball, continuing to invest in this team, even through a bit of a rough patch. So good for you on that. But let's get into this Penn State review of game one and then we will preview the Buckeyes matchup with the Nittany Lions and the reason I want to review this game at first is because it was a bit of an anomaly shall we say Ohio State lost at one 83 to 80 in December it was the first road Big Ten game of the year for Ohio State and still this team has not won a road Big Ten game in over a calendar year and that will extend at least through this week as this game for Ohio State against Penn State will be played at the shot of course and speaking of I will be yours truly will be at the game on Saturday for a noon 
tip off. Now, Ohio State against Penn State in this first one, it led for the vast majority of the game. But of course, Chris Holtman's chronic problem continued into the 2024 season, and that is blowing leads. However, let's be specific about how Ohio State lost this game, and we're going to talk specifically about if this can be replicated when Ohio State takes on Penn State on Saturday. Well, number one, Penn State won this game off of second chance points. They scored 16 second chance points in this first matchup. That's more than four points more than they're averaging on a per-game basis this season. They're averaging just under 12 points per game when it comes to second-chance points. They put up 16 in this one. So well above their season average. Now, Ohio State crushed Penn State on both the offensive and defensive glass, but Penn State simply took advantage of the opportunities that it got on the offensive glass and ensured that it led to points for the Nittany Lions. So, the probably in the number one way that Penn State beat Ohio State in this one was through second chance points. Nittany Lions, not a great rebounding team, but they took advantage of the offensive rebounding advantages they had in this one, and they made Ohio State pay. Now, can Ohio State limit this in this upcoming game? You would think so. We'll talk about it here in a bit, the rebounding advantage that Ohio State likely will have. And we also know that, again, Penn State scored more than four points more second chance points in this one than is their season average. Now, outside of that, Penn State just shot the lights out in this one. They shot 48% from the field. That's compared to a 44% season-long average from the field. Kanye Clary was 7 of 17 in this one. DeMarco Dunn came off the bench. He went 7 of 11, 17 points in this first matchup. Still the most he's had in a game this season. Seems like there's a player constantly that just comes out of nowhere and goes off for an Ohio State opponent, and it was DeMarco Dunn in this one. He still has not reached 17 points. He's reached 16 once, and outside of that, hasn't really come close to that production. Five players overall shot 50% or better from the field for Penn State. So it's just a shooting clinic for Penn State in this one playing on their home floor. They also shot 42% from behind the three-point line in this one. They are an unruly 30% from the three-point line overall this season. Not good. Jamison Battle would throw up if his numbers were that bad so far this season. And they shot 42% from deep. That's a 12 percentage point difference in the green for Penn State. Zach Hicks and DeMarco Dunn, two of four from behind the three-point line. Leo O'Boyle. Um, that's a tough name. That if you're if you're talking about a Hall of Fame name or a Hall of Not Fame name, I think Leo O'Boyle would simply be there. Probably first ballot Hall of Famer. He shot four of five from behind the three-point line in this one. And of course, that's fitting for O'Boyle, who shoots 27% from behind the arc this season. Shot four of five. That's 80% for those of you scoring at home against Ohio State, shooting below 30% so far this season. So again, can Penn State replicate that? Well, they shot better than their season average from the field. They shot way better than their season average from the three-point line. 
and they had one player in particular shoot way, way better than anything he's produced all year from behind the three-point line, a team that's not good at shooting the three ball. Can Penn State replicate that against Ohio State the second time around? We'll see. But it feels somewhat unlikely. And the third way that Ohio State lost this game to Penn State was defensively. We just spoke about the shooting percentages that Penn State enjoyed and the second chance points, but Ohio State had a horrible 119.5 defensive rating against Penn State. The steal percentage, the block rate, both of those were well below where their season-long rate is. And if you look at the heat map on collegebasketballanalytics.com for this game, which you can get with a subscription using the code SHOT, get your first month free, There's far more red in the advanced defensive stats than anything else. For Ohio State's advanced defensive stats, lots of red there. Way more than anything else on either team. Ohio State was just bad defensively in this one. You can look at the the normal shooting metrics. You can look at the advanced stats as well. Either way, it wasn't good for Ohio State. So would you expect Ohio State to have that poor of a defensive rating another game against Penn State, a team that isn't really crushing it offensively? Probably not. So the three ways that Penn State took over this game against Ohio State, it's going to be hard to replicate. And then, of course, Ohio State loses this game. The the uproar ensues. Ohio State had just lost the game to that college up north in November. And now Buckeye fans begin to slowly trickle in to the basketball season. That's kind of the secondary sport for most fans. And they see Ohio State lose to Penn State on the road. An 18-point lead lost. And, of course, Twitter is on fire. Sorry, X is on fire. X was well engulfed in flames in this one. And I wouldn't say I necessarily added fuel to the fire, but I would have to agree on that one. It's really not good to lose an 18-point lead. And then that loss made me do something that I had not done many times before on this podcast. And I sat you down for about 10, 15 minutes. I said, pull up a chair, get the binky, get your baba out, get your favorite blankie. How about the alliteration there? And let's talk about some Buckeye basketball. Just continue the alliteration, crushing it. And I told you, over the past 2.5-ish seasons, how many times Ohio State has blown a lead or had an opportunity to win a close game and hasn't. In the thesis, the summary is Chris Holtman not able to close out games, loses leads way more than, than he should, and the Buckeyes in crunch time just haven't been good. And I've seen recently a friend of the show, Adam Jardy, covers the Buckeyes probably better than just about anyone in the world when it comes to Ohio State basketball. And he's begun to try to spin the narrative away from Chris Holtman being bad in crunch time by tweeting out examples every day, every week, where a Big Ten team loses a lead. And that's fine, but this problem has been extremely pervasive for Ohio State under Chris Holtman in the past couple of years. And that's just a fact. The quantity of times in which This happens to Ohio State is far more than any other team in the Big Ten. And it's a problem. So the uproar began. And since then, yeah, sure, Ohio State picks up a win over 
UCLA. They crushed New Orleans, a game that I was at. Just a wonderful atmosphere where, yes, you could have gotten out that mat from kindergarten, laid it down on the floor, and taken a nap because not a lot of people there, students gone, all that stuff. And then you enter January, and the Buckeyes still pretty cold at this point. So the heat is on Chris Holtman, at least from the fan base, and that's kind of where things have stood in this one. So naturally, shall we transition into key storylines? The number one key storyline in this game, whether you're an Ohio State fan, you're a Penn State fan, you're just a a, a casual Big Ten college basketball fan, far and away, I would say the number one storyline in this one is whether or not Ohio State can get back into this Big Ten race and get the monkey off their back. Essentially of, can you stop being so bad at basketball when it matters? And that is in Big Ten play. Because in the past, you can't even say past two seasons, Ohio State has played, what, five, six Big Big Ten games at this point? You can't say that they've been bad all year. But at least last season, Big Ten play was horrible for Ohio State. So can they get the monkey off their back and play better in Big Ten play this season? And expectations were pretty high for Ohio State. Heading into the season. I personally, I picked them to finish fifth in the conference. But overall, the majority of pundits had this team finishing in the NCAA tournament or just outside of it being in the bubble. A lot of people had Ohio State firmly in the NCAA tournament heading into this season in the preseason. And now bracketologists have Ohio State outside the tournament or right on the bubble as one of the last four teams in or the first four teams out. But regardless... At the peak of Ohio State season, you were seeing them being slotted in 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 the four line, the five seed line in the NCAA tournament by bracketologists. Now they have really, really fallen from grace. And remember what happened last season. They start the year 2-0 in Big Ten play. And then they do their best Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs impression and implode. Is that too soon for Cowboys fans listening to the show? There's got to be. You would think that there's at least one Dallas Cowboys fan listening to the show simply because there there happens to be a trend of rooting for, I don't know, Ohio State basketball and football and then the Cowboys in the NFL and, I don't know, the Yankees in baseball or something like that. Maybe you're an Alabama football fan as well. And you just happen to cherry pick the best teams in every sport. I'm not saying that's you if you're an Ohio State basketball fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm just saying that there's a trend sometimes that happens with that. But I'll move on. Ohio State simply implodes after starting 2-0 last season. They blow a lead to Purdue, and the slide begins. They lose five in a row in the Big Ten, including one loss to Minnesota, the fighting Ben Johnsons. And they would lose 14-15 of in Big Ten play. Absolutely horrible. So, the question now is for Ohio State, can they avoid this slide? They're dangerously close to getting there. They've lost three straight games, including two very, very winnable games against Indiana and Michigan. And that Wisconsin game, score-wise, it wasn't all that close. What, a nine-point loss or something like that? Maybe 10, 11, 12? I don't remember the exact final score. But, losing to Wisconsin, that game probably should have been Closer than it was, if not an Ohio State win. That game, I was more critical of of the coaching staff and decision-making than any other game this season. So maybe those three games are very winnable. And in order to avoid this slide, 
you gotta ask the question can Jamison battle Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale all begin to produce again together for Ohio State when the Buckeyes have been at their best those three players have been producing for Ohio State game in and game out if you can get that on your roster from your top three players you don't have to lean as much on a Bruce Thornton and a Jamison battle when Roddy Gale is off last game against Michigan it was all Bruce Thornton Roddy Gale was off Roddy Gale was better Jamison battle was off and it was pretty much all on the shoulders of Bruce Thornton you cannot win in the Big Ten with just one or two players that is foreshadowing by the way stay tuned for that you just simply can't do it so at this point the biggest storyline for Ohio State is can they stop this slide and keep the season from going into an endless downward spiral that they cannot climb back out of because a loss to Penn State that would springboard them into everything is burning I am in trouble and I hate this we're sounding the alarms at that point now another storyline this one more so on the Penn State side is Penn State Penn State sit down thanks for entering into my office Penn State um really one question for you and that is who are you who are you are you legitimate or are you not and I'm going to contest right now that this nine and nine team and three and four team in the Big Ten is not as legitimate as you may think okay so sure they just beat Wisconsin at home proving they can knock off anyone in the Big Ten if you can beat Wisconsin you can beat anyone in the Big Ten because to this point Wisconsin has actually been the best team in the Big Ten so far this season however take away that game and you're looking at a 17 point loss to Purdue a 31 point blowout to Michigan State 31 points they've lost to Georgia Tech they've lost to Maryland they've lost to Nuck Bell better known as Bucknell and VCU now not to be outdone they beat the CJ McCollum list Lehigh fighting nickname redacted because I don't know it they are 4-12 and right now is Lehigh they beat Lehigh by 9 now it was very close to the start of the year I get it you're still getting fired up but a 9 point win over Lehigh mm, imagine if Ohio State beat Lehigh by 9 remember Ohio State's win over Oakland to start the year how upset fans were to beat Oakland and to struggle a little bit in the first 20 minutes of a let me let me do some math really quick here the first 20 minutes of a 1200 minute season let's let's do further math what is 20 percent of 1200 we've got fans reacting to ohio state and how they played in about 1.7 percent of the season chill chill so if you're going to discredit ohio state for their win over oakland you have to discredit penn state for its win over lehigh that's just those are the rules but overall I get that Penn State just beat Wisconsin and that's great for them but this 9-9 team is not 
not the good kind of nine and nine where if ucla for example a team ohio state has met if ucla was sitting at nine and nine right now which they are nowhere close to that but if they were i would say okay i get it this is a team with a bunch of newcomers these transfers these freshmen coming in this team should improve under mick cronin it all makes sense that's not the formula there for penn state and the last storyline in this one is what will ohio state do with its first rematch of the season and you could say the same for penn state but especially for ohio state it felt like the buckeyes lost this game more than penn state won it they did not play well defensively they gave up a bunch of second chance points shooting percentages from the field from behind the three-point line really 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 bad and overall this is a game that ohio state 100 should have won so as you head into your first rematch of the season can chris holtman and the coaching staff put ohio state in a position to where they can say we lost to a team by three points that we should have beat and then we were up by them up on them by 18 points no reason we should lose this game again especially at home especially with an additional day of rest so what can ohio state do with its first rematch of the season we'll find out by about two o'clock on saturday key players for this one uh it's tough it's really tough to to look at penn state as a complete team and this is not a, a bash Penn State show. I have nothing against Penn State. I made it very clear last year that my favorite team to watch in the Big Ten, other than, of course, your Ohio State University fighting Buckeyes, was Penn State. They moved the ball well. They shot the three. It was an exciting offense to watch. This season, mm, not so much. Now, Kanye Clary, you know the name at this point, and you know the name from his performance against Ohio State, of course. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 22.3 points per game, and he's doing it on uber-efficient shooting metrics. He's going to take at least 10 shots per game. He's prop per game in each game, in this game. However you may phrase that better than I would. Uh, he's going to shoot a lot, okay? He's put up 15 field goal attempts in a game before. He's put up 20 field goal attempts in a game before so he's going to get a lot a lot of volume up but he's a really really efficient shooter he doesn't get jameson battle three-point volume from behind the arc but he can splash from there when he gets the opportunity and he's going to continue to take more shots from inside the three-point line that is penn state's game doesn't matter who has the ball in their hands other than one player in particular for the most part penn state's going to try to score they're going to shoot and score from inside the three-point line ace baldwin he needs to be mentioned he's the highest profile transfer on the team against ohio state in his first go around he had nine points and five assists he's got hit or miss scoring production but the assist numbers are insane production there is wild he had 13 assists against purdue in a losing effort 13 dimes that's like I'm playing my player 2K level of production. You don't see that a lot in college basketball games. And he's averaging 6.2 assists per game over his last 10. So he's really taken upon himself the role of being the facilitator for Penn State, especially in the past 5-10 games for the Nittany Lions. I think he's averaging 6 assists per game in his last 5, 6.2 in his last 10. Of course, that 13 assist outburst against Purdue is insanely insanely impressive and then penn state as a team they continue to be the exact opposite team of what we saw last season 
and the exact same team that we saw heading into the first matchup. The three-point numbers, the assist numbers, still really, really low for Penn State, and they're a poor defensive rebounding team. They're a poor rebounding team overall. So Ohio State is going to have some advantages in this one. Let's get to some predictions and some keys to the game. But first, I want to share a word on college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com. CBB Analytics is the exclusive sponsor of today's show. And you can get an entire month free for a subscription at CBBanalytics.com using the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, short for Schottenstein Center. There you can get the best and most advanced stats in the world on college basketball. Yes, you can probably leverage it for your betting interest, but you can also leverage it just to be a better sports fan, better college basketball fan, to know the Big Ten better, to see player profiles, player comparisons, on-off numbers for specific players. You can see the best rotations that Ohio State has run out there this season. All that and much, much more. Go to cbbanalytics.com. Just poke around, check it out for a little bit, and then, yeah, you should probably get the subscription. You can thank me later. Use the code SHOT, S-C-H, O-T-T when you check out to get an entire month free. All right. We are cruising along in this Ohio State Penn State preview 2.0. Let's get two keys to the game. I've got just two keys to the game in this one. And I feel good about both of them. If there's any ever been a reason to feel good about a key to the game and having two keys to the game, it's this one. And number one, For Ohio State, the focal point for the Buckeyes in this one needs to be to cherish the basketball. That is, of course, as we know, to squeeze the orange. Now, Ohio State had a season-high 18.7% turnover rate against Penn State earlier this season. That led to 16 turnovers and a minus-8 turnover margin. Both of those metrics, not good. Penn State forced 10 steals. So of the 16 turnovers, 10 of them were live ball. And live ball turnovers typically lead to more points being scored by the team turning you over than dead ball turnovers. So when 10 of 16, that's also 5 of 8, which is what, 63-ish percent? Let's do that as well, since apparently this show has just turned into math class. Oh, am I good or what? 62 which rounds up to 63%. 63% of Ohio State's turnovers were live ball turnovers. That's going to lead to more points being scored by the opposing team. That's not what you want. Now, this is where Penn State is really, really strong. Season long, they've got a 13.1 steal rate, and they're averaging more steals per game than anyone in the Big Ten this season. They're also averaging 17.7 points off turnovers per game this season. They're going to take advantage. Not only are they going to try to force you to turn the ball over, Kanye Clary, Ace Baldwin, those guys in the backcourt especially can get after it, forcing steals, but they will take advantage, averaging 18 points off of turnovers per game. If you can reduce your turnovers, if instead of 16 turnovers, you can have nine turnovers in this one, and you can give up, I don't know, 12 points off of turnovers instead of 18, that's minus six points for Penn State that they've been expecting so far this season. 
If you can do that, you're looking at with two minutes left in this game, Ohio State is maybe leading 71 to 65 instead of being down, I don't know, 71 to 65, for example. That can be a big swing as the game continues on. So Ohio State needs to make sure they are cherishing the basketball. Every possession they get, they're being careful with the basketball. Roddy Gale, can't see you throwing the ball. Can't see you, uh, what's the word? Disappointing me with jump passes, which I, I hate on nearly every circumstance. Can't see the jump passes, seeing the ball going out of bounds. Can't have the guards being sped up and and making poor decisions, mental lapses, things like that. If you can take care of the basketball, you're going to give your chance more opportunities to score, obviously, and take Penn State's one of their favorite ways to score. You're going to take that away from them. So that's number one for Ohio State. Number two, boy, this is profound. Don't reinvent the wheel. Now, let me tell you what I mean by this, okay? And when I push this out on Twitter on Saturday, sorry, on X on Saturday, screw it, on Twitter on Saturday, you're, I'm going to say don't reinvent the wheel. And if you didn't listen to this episode, then you're going to say, what the heck is this guy talking about? There's not really a good way for me to say this because there's so many metrics within this point. Number one, Ohio State has been a phenomenal rebounding team this season, both offensively and defensively. When you look at sheer production, offensive and defensive rebounds per game, and you look at the the offensive and defensive rebounding rates, Ohio State has been really good. Penn State, on the other hand, has been really bad. Number two, the Buckeyes have been great scoring off of second chance points this season. That's led by a lot of Felix Akpara rebounds, poking the ball away, himself scoring, said Key getting in there as well, Evan Mahaffey getting his hands dirty, and giving the Buckeyes extra possessions. Penn State gives up offensive rebounds at an insane rate. So the Buckeyes are going to have chances, again, to take advantage of that mismatch. And number three, thanks to guys like Zed Key, Felix Akpara, Evan Mahaffey, the Buckeyes have defended the paint and the rim really, really well this season. Here's some numbers to back that up. Six percentage points better at the rim than NCAA average so far this year is Ohio State, and two percentage points better in the paint than NCAA average so far this season. So if the Buckeyes are really, really good at defending the rim and defending the paint, and that's where Penn State is good. If you can just continue to defend well there, Penn State's going to have trouble keeping pace offensively. So I say don't reinvent the wheel in that Ohio State has been really, really good at some certain things this year. Penn State has been really bad at those same things this year. If you can continue to take advantage of where you're strong and where your opponent is weak, um, profound, again, I know you're going to have a pretty good chance of winning a particular ball game. I may think of some better phrasing than don't reinvent the wheel because now that I've said it out loud, I kind of hate it, but whatever. I mean, we're 30 minutes into this. We got to keep going. So those are the two keys to the game for Ohio State in order to win this game. Cherish the basketball. Don't reinvent the wheel. Keep doing what you're good at and keep forcing Penn State to be bad at what they're bad at. All right. Banger bets. I did not mention this at the start of the show, but I need to talk about them anyway. There's two here that I like. Number one is Ohio State to cover the spread. Now, I fully expect Ohio State to be favored in this one. I expect it to be maybe two, three points. Vegas, when it comes to Big Ten basketball, they're going to always give an edge to the home team as they should so far. Results would dictate that this season. 
but it's typically not all that much. Now, if you remember Ohio State against, I think it was Rutgers, they were favored by like seven, I want to say. And that one, the number was was kind of insane. If the number is that high again, I will be frightened. I, I won't lie to you. But I'm just going to talk, to close out this show, I'm going to talk to you more about why I like Ohio State to cover the spread. We'll see what that number is. It's on my it's on my watch list. And then Felix Akpara rebounds. Akpara has been playing insane recently. The rebound production has been there for Ohio State. And as we talked about this entire show, Penn State has been a horrible rebounding team offensively and defensively. If Felix Akpara's got that number at 6.5, even at 7.5, if it's plus money, we'll probably take it. All right, predictions for this one. So here's what we know about Ohio State at this point. This is a desperate team that you would hope has learned from last year. Bruce Thornton, at least, has said as much. Other players as well have hinted at it, both in the preseason and now as we are into the regular season. Players have mentioned last year, essentially, it sucked. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to be bad at basketball and to consistently lose games. This is a desperate team that does not want to start sliding. They are at the at the top of the mountain. They've got their their skis strapped on and they've got they've they've got everything they need to glide down this mountain. But one misstep and one last uh, hurrah, you could say, and the Buckeyes are just tumbling down this mountain. This is a game that I would identify identify for Ohio State that can set the tone for the rest of the season. I get it. It's just Penn State. But if you lose this game, mm, not good. Not good at all for Ohio State. By the way, this is going to be a quad three game for Ohio State. This is a game that isn't necessarily a must win, but it is a can't lose for Ohio State. At this point in the season, and with the resume that they've got right now, they're still still ranked 44th in Ken Palm at the time of recording. That puts them firmly on the bubble. And according to Ohio State Basketball Twitter, they are they might as well be booking their tickets to Cancun for March. They're still well, well within reach of making it to the NCAA tournament. But this is a quad three win for Ohio State or a quad three loss for Ohio State. With the resume, with the games that they have remaining on the schedule, you cannot afford to take a quad three loss. So it's a desperate team. Again, I think Penn State had its marquee win over Wisconsin. I think they're going to come crash down to earth in this one. I'm not I'm not going to allow recency bias to filter how I see this game. I'm going to look at their whole of their season. They don't have much of a supporting cast outside of Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin. Nick Kern has received more minutes recently. He's, he's used them well. He's reached double figures in three of his last four games and, and just played more minutes. But overall, this is not a deep Penn State team. And the fear is that Ohio State more and more is looking like Penn State. I said early in the show, you cannot win Big Ten games with just two players. You can't just have Jamison Battle and Bruce Thornton hot. You need something from a Scotty Middleton every once in a while. And a Dale Bonner and a Felix Akpar and a Zed Key and Evan Mahaffey and a Roddy Gale and all these players you can mention. You need more than just two. And for most of this season, Penn State has really gotten a lot from two players. This team has more blue chip talent. Ohio State does. It likely 
gulp here likely has a coaching advantage it's playing at home everything is in line for ohio state to win this game including this is your classic letdown game highly emotional win at home from penn state over a big time big time not only big 10 opponent but just big time opponent in general this this screams letdown game for penn state so the buckeyes have got to take advantage this is ohio state's chance to prove it this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for penn state and a window opening win now year for ohio state this is ohio state's chance to prove we are not bottom of the barrel big 10 quality we're not going to be playing on wednesday of the big 10 tournament like we did last year we're going to be playing on maybe thursday maybe our first game will be on friday but this is your chance right here the line in the sand has been drawn for ohio state either you pick up the w in this one and you prove that you belong still in the big 10 conversation or you pack your you pack it in you pack your bags and you say well we just didn't have it yet again this year that's how it feels it is so premature to say that we are barely barely into big 10 play it's mid-january but in a game against penn state you've just got to prove to me that you're not the team that you were last year and the team that you were last year was not impressive it was pathetic at times it was embarrassing most of the time prove ohio state prove that you are not the team this year it's a letdown game for penn state you're playing at home you have more blue chip talent you should have the coaching advantage this you have plus one days of rest as well this should be a win for ohio state so while i did predict ohio state would lose to wisconsin i predicted a win for ohio state against michigan that didn't happen i'm going to take ohio state to win this game over penn state for all of those reasons and hopefully this is a game where ohio state just sets the tone they win by 15 they win by 18 you lead a team by 18 you have the capability if you led a team by 18 once literally you must have the capability to lead that same team by 18 again can you do it in this one can you win by 15 we will see for ourselves this game will tip off at noon on saturday technically is it technically afternoon if it's at 12 it's not technically afternoon i don't know i don't care either it's in the show anyway so who really gives a crap anyway but ohio state's gonna take on penn state we will figure out if the buckeyes are ready to set the tone and head into this second mm, story the second chapter of big 10 play of course we'll have you covered with a review episode after the game appreciate you listening today more than you would ever know i have my hands in the in the praising or prayer emoji motion that you will find on your iphone or android device i thank you for listening today i will shut up before you shut me off go bucks